0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley and with me is Derek Spech. Hello. What's happening, Derek? Not much. Same old, same old. Excited about winter approaching. Are you? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: no, I I, I, like, I like the winter. I need new boots. I
1: just got new winter tires. Oh, yeah. There's less than 50 kilometers on these tires.
0: I have two sets of winter tires I have to get rid of. Oh, yeah. For yeah, yeah, I got a couple. Sitting. While Tracy's escaped, my old range. Yeah, they're, you know, still they're free to get rid of now, eh? I don't want to just get rid of them. Oh, I want to sell them. Oh, because actually, the escape uh, tires come with uh, rims. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, hmm. uh, if I can get a hundred bucks, I'll get a <laughs> Whatever.
1: Anyway, speaking of winter, yeah. I was just thinking there's a, so this guy at work, and, and because I always chat about, oh, I'm doing this camping trip, I'm doing this hiking trip, I'm going to the mountains, I'm whatever, I'm building a glue and I'm snowshoeing, I'm skiing, I love winter, right? He's like, rawr, 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 winter, rawr, rawr, winter. So I, I shared a meme with him the other day. It's it's something along the lines of, uh, what is it? Uh, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't choose to find joy in snow or winter, you're still going to have, you're going to have less joy in your life, but you're still going to have the same amount of snow or winter. Yeah. Right? So it's like you're, you're, you're not helping yourself out. Just, Hey, you're going to experience winter. Yeah. Might as might well enjoy, well enjoy
0: it. it. They say the majority of Americans hate winter. Why? I have no idea. Hmm. I saw that headline and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I'm not going to read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just swinging through some headlines and said the poll shows that majority of Americans hate winter. Hmm. Okay It must be the ones in Florida and California. It must be those people. They hate it. Yeah. That's why they moved there. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what it's yeah. I know Alan Drummond is still uh, out there bopping around on his kayak. Yeah, a few I people know. in the kayaks are still out there. Good for him, because nothing's frozen down here yet. We've had a couple of days of snow. It's but nothing weird. It, it warms yeah.
1: up, then it cools down, and warms up. We're supposed to warm up next week, I hear.
0: Well, I originally heard uh, a month or so ago, two months ago, mm-hmm. maybe, probably closer to two months. That is supposed to be a horrible, rotten winter this year. It was me and that then, told you it was an El, Ni- El Niña winter. Yeah, but no, now now they're saying it's it's going to be uh well it's going to be a milder winter now. But they can't just change their minds. They can. (laughs) They can. Don't you be telling them what they can do and they can't do. They're weather people. Don't you be oppressing the weather people. (laughs) Because what I had heard, so with an El Nino
1: year, this has to do with El ocean (laughs) surface temperatures and stuff like that. So there's going to be a like a drought in yeah. in the southern states. And with the way that the uh, jet streams go and yada, yada, yada. And uh, I'm yada yada, 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 yada. Is that yada, an, an official weather. term? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> looking up in the weather station? Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada <laughs> this weekend with chances of yada.
0: <laughs> Continue
1: yada, yada
0: until this weekend.
1: <laughs> exactly. So anyways, they say that... Uh, and I, I've, I've, read a study on it when I was looking into it. And, uh, so they're saying that north of the 49th parallel, whatever, what hence ends happen is more precipitation. So we, we here in Ontario specifically are going to have a, a, higher precipitation year, although Southern Ontario, because are right on the lakes, it's going to be more rain and sleet and whatever, right? But, uh, away from the lakes, away from the, the lake effect is going to be a lot of snow.
0: There's a 50% chance of being weather this weekend <laughs> and 50% chance of yeah. not being weather this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you might get wet, but on the other hand, you might yeah. stay dry. <laughs> yeah. So like up what is in, it with weather people, Up man? in
1: Killarney and stuff, I guess... Uh, with the Sontags with their new little business there.
0: Oh yeah. well um, Edge, Edge Adventures. Edge Adventures. They're mm-hmm. uh, teaching people about uh, winter, winter camping. Winter camping, yeah. Which is cool, some winter camping skills. Yeah, so if they get lots of snow, that's would be, be great for them. Yeah, well, I think there's already enough snow up there.
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't Started, seen any yeah. pictures, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've seen a couple of pictures. It looks like the mm-hmm. the snow is there.
1: Yeah, As I was listening to the weather on, a, on an American station a radio show And they gave the weather report. They said, yeah, there's a, there's a, whatever, a a, a low and bad weather, lots of snow right up to Buffalo. It's like, what do you mean there's snow right up to Buffalo?
0: Yeah, it's nothing not north of Buffalo. Borders it's closed. Like, it's like we don't exist. Border is closed. <laughs> you keep your U.S. snow <laughs> down there. <laughs> I just saw it.
1: It's like what's well, so weird. It's like yeah. sometimes on on depending on what the weather station is, like where it is in the states, like Canada just be blanked out. It's like. We have weather up here too. South of the lake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: okay, don't tell the people south of the border what our weather is up here. We'll <laughs> just exactly. keep it quiet. I know, right? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, you know what? Like, yeah, I I like going out in the winter. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I've I've always enjoyed. It. Now, the only thing I don't like is the the cold tenting anymore. I've I gotten too old for that crap. I know, right? Uh, yeah. But no, getting out for walks and snowshoeing and. Um, I used to enjoy skiing. hmm Um. Like cross country, yeah, downhill? Well, yeah, cross country. I never downhill skied until I moved on back to Ontario when I was a uh, late teenager there. Um, and started doing some downhill skiing. I was never really good. Oh man, I could go fast. <laughs> I can go. Oh, I'd give like those, like Steve Pug, <laughs> and all those guys a run for their money. Yeah. It's um, the turning part. Who's, who's Tiger's girlfriend? Tiger Woods' girlfriend. She's a cross downhill skier.
1: Elsa Elise something. I can't remember. No,
0: no. I could, I would blow her out of the water with my (laughs) speed. (laughs) But at the end... You better clear all those people out. There better be a little bit of an uphill to slow me down. (laughs) Oh, there better be more than an uphill. You know how a plane lands on an aircraft carrier? There better be one of those. Drop the grappling hook. Yeah, because, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I I have issues stopping. Uh, Snow fences are good. They work well. Snow snow um, banks work well. Bushes, lots of bushes work well.
1: Stay away from the trees. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I always manage to avoid the trees. Not by much. You don't, you don't want to pull a bono. No. No. Uh, good old sunny. <laughs> Um But yeah, no. Oh, yeah. I could get down. I could get that speed going. And oh, it was just right down the hill like a <laughs> supersonic jet fighter. And then just like, Screaming for all I'm yeah. worth once I get down the bottom. <laughs> I'll meet you in the chalet.
1: <laughs> Speaking of downhill, have you ever located a canoe that we can do a some downhill canoeing? At? No,
0: but you've got a kayak. I do.
1: I do. That, that one old worked. little one. I think yeah. we need to take that out this
0: year. <laughs> I'm. Se- we are taking it out. You know what? I'll make you a deal right now. How much do you want for it?
1: I don't even. It's I don't
0: even think like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. So we'll take it out if it gets destroyed. I'll give you half of it. Half, uh, you can't minute. destroy it. It's a whitewater. Oh, kayak. oh that a, sounds like a challenge. It's
1: a whitewater kayak. They're they're like like bulletproof. Oh, just don't put John, good John Van, Van Berger in it. He he can put <laughs> a hole in it. <laughs> what's good though is it has it's got some slight edges. Uh, what does it you call that hard chines or whatever it? Uh, so you'd be able to like kind of curve in the snow steer. Yeah, so if,
0: if we rig up a nice comfy seat, There's because comfy I'm seat telling you. It. There's if, a comfy seat in it. Oh, it'll need to be more padded than that. <laughs> because I'm telling you right now, if we're taking a kayak down a snow hill. Yeah. There will be jumps. <laughs> there will be jumps. There might be some tricks going on. Start with small hills. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> What's that term? Oh Yeah. Go big or go home. Yes. <laughs> if you're not going to participate, Derek, <laughs> then you will stay at the top of the hill in the car with your hot chocolate. It will be exciting. I have to wear a helmet for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Trees, think, jumps.
0: Oh, there won't be trees. Whoa. Well, there was Coffin Hill when we lived in Cold Lake, Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. My brother did a Coffin toboggan. Hill? Yeah. There was a hole. There was a massive hole at the bottom of it, like halfway down the hill. Yeah. So you jump the hole. Really? Yeah. And then you land on the other side of on your toboggan and you keep on going down, unless you're my brother who veers into a giant tree and smashes his kneecap. Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyways, I think we're way off topic now.
0: No, we're talking about snow. We're talking about having fun <laughs> in snow. <laughs> and the weather. And <laughs> the weather, Yeah. <laughs> Um. Okay. So, what are we talking? Well, let's let's go from snow. Yes. To, to desert. desert. <laughs> An update on Derek's monolith.
1: Yes. So this is, uh this is something. And so you found the, uh, I, I had found the inf- some information. I was, you know, you, you follow these things. Because yeah. Curious. It's now like, this, is, so this is, I'll tell you right
0: now, this monolith thing is really the only thing that's kept me going all week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been a good week. It's so. fascinating actually. Well, it, it was. It's, it's The it's twists, the turns, it's like a soap opera. Well, I've been guessing what's been going to go on with it. Yeah. And so far I've been wrong the entire time. <laughs> me too. Because <laughs> I sent you one of my theories, right? And then as I follow following today's stories, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, well, no, no, I'm just going to retract that theory. <laughs> <laughs> so as we mentioned on last week's show, um, there was this, uh, metal monolith they discovered, they figure it's been there since 2016 yeah, in yeah. the Utah desert. A lot of people have now been coming to see this thing. Yeah. There's been pictures everywhere and. and but Some of the pictures are amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, people are going at, in the evenings and they're bringing strobes and yeah, drones yeah. and all these lights and, mm-hmm. and whatnot to take all these really cool photos and lining up the sun and the moon and all that sort of stuff. They're being very creative with it, which is really cool. And honestly, I, I like looking at all this because everything else that's going on, that's like dominating the news. All the poison. This is this, this is, is
1: really cool. Yeah. Right? It's interesting. It's not political. It's just, it's it's like
0: a fun read. Yeah. So this went in, or they found it, November 18th. Correct. And 10 days later, (laughs) it's gone. It disappeared. It disappeared. But they had witnesses. Nobody knew who installed it. No one knew who removed it. It could be a possible theft. It could be. Um. One evening, a photographer, Ross Bernards, he was visiting the monolith Friday, November 27th, when he said four men arrived as if out of nowhere to dismantle the sculpture. Mr. Bar- Bernards had driven six hours for the chance to oogle the, that's not how you spell oogle. They spell that's, oogle. that's ogle. Oogle. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's important. Uh, the sculpture and take a dramatic photo of it. Uh, Yeah, he had his lights and his drone Yeah, he was looking at doing... It was pretty cool. So he got his photos and stuff like that of it. And then suddenly around 8.40 p.m., men arrived working in twos with the unmistakable sense of purpose. They gave the monolith hard shoves and it started to tilt towards the ground. Then they pushed it in the opposite direction, trying to uproot it. And one of the men, uh, Mr. Bernards was saying, said, this is why you don't leave trash in the desert. So they're saying, well, apparently this is one of the people that said, uh, or is big into the yeah. leave no trace. And what are these people doing putting this stuff here? It has no place here and, and whatnot. Sculpture popped out, landed on the ground with a bang. Then the men broke it apart and ferried it off in a wheelbarrow. As they walked off with the pieces, one of them said, leave no trace. Leave no trace. So that's, yeah. So he was busy watching this, but he had a buddy with him. Mm-hmm. And his buddy took a couple of cell phone pics. Yeah.
1: They're not really great pictures. No, but he was trying to hide the camera because they were, they were afraid, What well, do these guys have guns? Are yeah. they going to be violent? If I take pictures of them, are they going to freak out? Yeah. So he didn't want to take pictures, but the other guy just kind of uh, inobtrusively just kind of took, took a couple chuk-chuk. hip, yeah, there you little go. shots from the hip and.
0: Said about 10, 15 minutes to, for them to knock it down and pull it out and haul it away. Uh, photos are blurry, but they fascinate nonetheless. There are images of several men working beneath the cover of darkness, wearing gloves but not face masks, standing <laughs> above the fallen monolith. Turns out to be a hollow structure with an armature made of plywood. Mm-hmm. So, plywood inside, metal outside. And the photographs are the only known images of the culprits who removed the sculpture. They may not have been the same people who installed it in the first place. And the only signs of presence was a triangular cut left in the rock and a triangular metal slab that likely served as the base, uh, the object's base. Mm Mm-hmm. Dun, dun,
1: dun. I know. And so was it uh, at first when it, when it was first went missing, some people kind of, a lot of people were kind of irked that some of you just come and rip it out. It shouldn't have been there in the first place, but why would you come and destroy it? Yeah. Anyways, uh, Bureau of Land Management, they, uh, they've kind of made jokes about it at first. Saying aliens and. Yeah. And they had made a couple of hashtag jokes on Instagram or on Twitter and, but then they, they seem to change track. I don't know if somebody talked to them or whatever, but so now they're starting to investigate it as a uh, vandalism and theft. Mm -hmm. So they're looking into it officially now. Yeah. Into the taking away of the monolith, even though it wasn't supposed to be there in the first place, but still why. But it was still pretty cool
0: though. It was pretty cool. I. I'm sort of hit, tossed up where, yeah. You know what? What are you doing there? Mm-hmm. Like why, why was it there since 2006? Yeah. And why did it take people so long to find it? Yeah, I know. Because right? it's not far from a road.
1: Yeah. Like right? it's a so quick like, walk in from, ro- yeah. from the
0: road. It's like half a kilometer, you park and walk in. They did say, however, that since like all around, like you saw that it was nice when they first mm-hmm. found it. Now there's like people urinated there's, and garbage. And, yeah.
1: There's a lot of foot traffic and a lot yeah. of damage. Yeah. It's like, really like. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I wanted to go see it.
0: (laughs) So it is gone. Yes. But But wait. (laughs) But wait, is it gone? But wait. (laughs) A monolith, Derek's monolith update number two. Yes. (laughs) A monolith similar to the one that vanished in Utah has been found in Romania. Romania. A new three-sided metal monolith mysteriously appeared on a hill in northeastern Romania last week. The object appeared to be about 2.8 meters tall and was roughly the same shape as the one in Utah. Now, you're thinking, okay. So, and then as we're talking theories, I'm thinking, ooh, maybe this is... Well, the I'm same I'm going to put this one. one here and then it disappeared and then they... Showed up somewhere showed else. Showed up somewhere else. Or this one disappears... And then the other one will, shows up, then that one will disappear and another one will show up. Or one of the other theories floating around is this is going to be some sort of marketing campaign
1: (laughs) for something else, right?
0: So, ooh, this is going to be really cool. Um, The new monolith was spotted on November 26th. It disappeared on the 29th. So it immediately prompted speculation about a potential link to the one in Utah. However, the objects were not identical (laughs) (laughs) by a long shot. (laughs) The one, the one in Romania was put up before the one in Utah was taken down. Yeah. So they're both up at the same time. So they were at at one point point for like a day or something like that. They were both up at the same time. Um, images and video posted by Romanian news outlets show the monolith was covered in squiggles and loops. Unlike the unadorned surface of the monolith in Utah. So the one in Utah was like. It was perfect. pristine, mirror you know, polished. It'd, it'd be like, you can't find the door on that cliff sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, right? exactly. This one, not so. <laughs> um, the Utah monolith was held together by rivets and embedded in a slot in the stone. A journalist says the Romanian monolith appeared to be a shoddy knockoff <laughs> of the Utah one. The un- an unidentified person, apparently a bad local welder, made it, he says, <laughs> and it disappeared overnight as quietly as it was erected last week. Now, all that remains is just a small hole covered by rocky soil. <laughs> local police say they are looking into the structure, which was built illegally and placed on a protected archaeological area. Yes. Which is the big no-no. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? no one has confessed to the copycat monolith or the bad welding job as of yet. <laughs> that, that's the part I like. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's an awesome thing, but yeah, maybe you should give up your day job if that's welding's your day job. Yeah, so
1: now think about this. This here has really grabbed the world's attention, this yeah. monolith. And I don't want to encourage this anybody because I thought about, hey, I should build a monolith, but... I my a concern digger. my concern now is uh, do you know how you drive up the highway eleven or anywhere's heading up north and there's friggin Anukshuts everywhere. everywhere. You go to a nice place out in the middle of Ganon Park or middle of Killarney and you paddle by a cliff and it's like somebody's building nookshucks up on that cliff. <laughs> Somebody hauled the monolith all the way in here. <laughs> so I hopefully we don't end up with like hundreds of thousands of monoliths all over the planet. Just kind of polluting everything up, right?
0: No, this is something a bit different. Now, my thing would be, it'd be cool, but it wouldn't be cool. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, boom, there's one sitting in the middle of Stonehenge <laughs> or something like that. Because yeah. they, they do the whole calendar yeah. thing, right? And if you yeah. place it right, it, yeah. at the right angle, and everything, it would actually be l- like a clock. Yes. A seasonal right? a clock. Sun, a sundial sort yeah. of thing, right? So there, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool if if somebody were to be doing, and they still have no idea and the people they thought were doing it, like that could have been like the artists, So yeah, they're all saying no, it's, yeah. it's, it's not.
1: So initially the spokesperson for this artist who's dead, yeah. she said, uh, oh, it looks like one of his works. But then she came back and ever says, no, no, it's definitely not his work. It's not up to the right quality. It's not up to the right, yeah. it doesn't have the same pedigree as the, this artist's work. Yeah. So if somebody had taken his work and say, hey, I'm going to make something like what he does.
0: Tank yeah. Tank. And of course there's all the, the Banksy references and yes. stuff like that. <laughs> yes. So The monolith Banksy. Yeah. <laughs> monolith <laughs> Banksy. So, and then there's the knockoff over in Romania.
1: <laughs> the bad welding. Eh, eh, you gotta, you gotta give them uh, an A for effort. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So now I want to build one. Maybe yeah. I'll build one in my backyard.
0: Yeah. Just put it somewhere. Just start laying them everywhere. <laughs> oh Yeah. I was, I was kind of hoping to be like one of those, like I say, the beer fridges that when you say the right word, it opens. (laughs) It opens up. Yeah. Well, that's the Olympic, was it the Olympics that did that? If you put your, your Canadian passport in, it would open the fridge. Yes. Yeah. And then, so then everybody would be around it waiting for a Canadian to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd put it in, it'd open the fridge and it'd be filled with. Was it I think it was mostly Canadian. Was it was mostly Canadian. I think beer so. was in there, so everybody it was, like, was grabbing oh, I beer. Am and- Canadian. Yeah.
1: So yeah, the commercials. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> beer would be warm by now if it was in the monolith. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next on the old agenda, Klamath River
1: Dam removal. Ah, yes. And so this is a growing trend over the last
0: decade or so. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot. It started out. I mean how many years have they been fighting, building dams Yeah, and, you know, being shot down, no, we're going to build it. We're going to build it. We're going mm-hmm. to build it. And, you know, like hydroelectric power yeah. and stuff like that, you know, multiple ones on a river. Destroying it affects river.
1: water courses. It affects fish hatcheries or, or fish boating. spawning and boating. And so, yeah. And like in a lot of these cases, like there's, there's a few uh, where I live and it's, uh, they've been taken down, but these were like built. Back in the day when you, uh, when you, you know, the you grind grain, what are they called? Uh well, the mills. The mills, yeah. yeah. So these, all these local mills, right? So these, the mills, when they're longer in service, like they break down the dam and let the water f- flow free- yeah. freely now, right? So, and it's something that there's, there's so many of them back in the day because it's it's like any community would have like a
0: dozen or so, right? Oh, and right? think of the log runs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right, they had the logs that they could, they could dam up, mm-hmm. close the dam, let the water build, so they could float the logs down yep, and then exactly release and chutes it down the shoots and, and everything, right? Yeah.
1: So it's it's nice to see that they're reversing that trend and and starting to clear out the defunct dams and and make wa- new water courses and improve boating and whitewater kayaking and so on, right?
0: Yeah. So the the there's four dams on the Klamath River in South Oregon and Northern California. And this is the biggest dam removal project in American history. Oh, yeah. And it's been back and forth. It's being held up. And it all came down to funding. Back in 2018, they said, yeah, it's going to be three years. We're going to start breaking it. And then it got held up because somebody was saying, well, you know what? You guys say you are going you got this much money. I don't think you're covering yourself in case there's overruns on bills and pricing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and now they've actually got additional funding. And it pretty much guarantees the project. And it clears the financial logjam that's been delaying it. Uh, it's also known as the world's most ambitious salmon habitat restoration program. Oh, because yeah, the the Klamath River used to be a massive salmon river. Uh, there's a couple of indigenous tribes on there that that would be a main um, fishing area for them. So the four dams were built between 1908 and 1962. And they weren't designed for flood control or irrigation. Yet I know the, the farmers that are there do use it for, rely on the water for irrigation and stuff. And they cut off hundreds of miles. I th- think one of the the numbers I saw was four hundred fifty or something. Four hundred fifty yeah. miles of salmon habitat on the Upper Klamath River, uh, which was once the third most productive salmon river on the West Coast. Really. Toxic algae grows in the reservoirs behind the dams. And we've talked about that on, in Algonquin park, mm-hmm. you get the blue green algae that's going in some of the rivers now. And. That's um, a big dam. Yeah. Yeah. There's four, four big massive dams up there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's affects swimmers, campers, affects your dogs going in the river, affects the, the fish. Yes. You can't boat that sort of stuff. Right. Um, it makes it hazardous. So removing the dams would be an absolute fantastic things for recreational users, for anglers as much as for boaters. Yep. The lower Klamath, um, in they call it what, uh, Happy Camp, California, below Happy Camp, California, supports a vibrant rafting industry. Okay, so there's there's already boating there. And there's a 35 mile stretch above which is one of the best multi-day floats in the West for, for families. So you got the below the dams and above the dams.
1: Yeah. So if it's, if it's a float, then the removal of the dam shouldn't affect that area. Shouldn't affect that area. It'll add, maybe add more. At
0: the the beginning it'll add more, I think. The
1: headwater at the dam will be changed. Yeah. But there's the water that flows into the headwater of the dam, that, that head,
0: that flow should remain the same. Yeah. Uh, dam removal will restore flows to class three and four canyons that have rarely been run since the dams went in. Oh. So since 1908,, mm-hmm. like no one's People been able used to, to run those back in the day. Uh, apparently back in the day. I don't know. wouldn't be me. Uh, the most and of course, the most profound benefit if fishery scientists are right would be the return of the river, river's salmon runs. And the, the removal of the, the dams is the first step in, in restoring all this area and the, the history, right? However, they say, um, paradoxically that the process will further stress the fish populations to begin with. To begin with. And then they'll stabilize. As some 30 million cubic yards of sediment trapped behind the dams flushes downstream. Mm Mm-hmm silt, sand, gravel. Eventually, it'll provide new breeding habitat for uh, returning salmon and steelhead. Uh, but first, it'll be quite turbid, right? So dam removal critics, the people are saying, don't do this because, you know, uh, it could take decades to clear all the sediment and everything like that. But they did this. There was a 108 foot high dam on the Elwa River in Washington's Olympic Peninsula. 2012, they took it away. And again, people are saying, oh, it's going to be years and years and years. Sediment from the reservoir added miles of beach to the river's delta and spawning salmon were spotted upstream of the dam site weeks after demolition, hmm. not years. And since then, more than 1,700 dams have been dismantled all over the United States. 1,700. 1,700. It's a big number. If the Klamath River Project goes forward, it's going to be the biggest uh, the largest one so far. To be removed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, and like I say, there's four of them there. So of course there's no certainty of river restoration, but you know, like they say their science and, and whatnot. And they say, you know, their limited experience with dam removal, it suggests the Klamath River and its salmon populations can regain their pre-dam health and that they can do so over the course of years rather than decades. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, they're going... Because this is is realistically a new science. I mean, they've sort of... When you want to look at it that way, the the river restoration by dam removal. Yeah. This, it's, it's a relatively yeah. new science on knowing what well, you can predict. Well, this is going to happen. It's probably this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Um, you know, and you've got to do it certain ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't just... Okay, let's just blow this yeah. dam and let the <laughs> water go. Yeah,
1: houses yeah. and bridges wash out. And- yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: they were saying at one point... If they do it how they want to do it, they're going to lower the water gradually. So there Mm -hmm. may actually only be, um, a one to two foot increase in water level.
1: Yeah. It'll be gradual over time. Yeah. Yeah. You can't afford to just let the whole thing blast out. No, as fun as that might be,
0: (laughs) they're not going to do it, but this has become a whole new sort of science and all the new paddling opportunities. Yeah. That'd be fascinating. That's adding like 450 miles of paddling opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of, yeah. a lot of space. All the fishing is going to be fantastic. Well, and there's all these people going to be doing first runs down the, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. down yeah. the rapids through the canyons. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a whole bunch of that, you know, all these Red Bull guys are going to be there lickety split, <laughs> right? First, first year. Yeah. So they're saying 2023, if it's 21, 22, 23. Yeah. 2023, they should start dismantling. Huh. That's going to be pretty good. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on that. It was but built in 1918. Yeah, yeah. At the first, yeah, between 1902 and 1962, all four dams. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Hmm. But yeah, it'll def- definitely be interesting to see how long it takes to, because you know, there's going to be articles that say, either, you know, giving updates on on the salmon runs and and the boating opportunities. So if you got a kayak <laughs> and you're looking for some new whitewater, just yeah, hang on a hang on a couple of years and start heading out California, Oregon way. Uh, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I found a new app for paddling. Yeah. You told me about uh, that. I forgot to download that thing. (sighs) Download it now. Hurry up. We'll be right (laughs) back after this. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Oh, welcome back. So I was Googling and checking out stuff and I've actually been looking at different apps lately. Okay. A lot of which are absolute well, they rhyme with app. <laughs> they start with a C-A, C-R. C- you can't even spell crap. It's, it's a crap. It's a crap app. Yeah, I can't spell crap. I I was trying was to a carp. I was trying to write write a, a message to my daughter yesterday. Yesterday? Two days ago. And it kept auto-correcting. And yeah, crap was one of them. Yeah. And it (laughs) was, frap. (laughs) No, crap. Like, (laughs) what the duck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so I was having one of those days the other day. I've been having one of those whole weeks, man. Yeah. It's just like nasty, nasty week. We've been having a year. Oh. 2020. Well, majority of a year. There's been some good stuff too. Oh, yeah. Like the beer we're drinking this evening all the way from Germany. Yes. Jeaver wow. fever. Jeaver. Back to the Jeaver stuff. Pilsner mm-hmm. from Germany. We had this a couple weeks back. <sighs> yep. Good we stuff. Did. Good stuff. Uh, so I was checking out apps and I came across the Go Paddling app. Uh, so this was... Who would we say this was? Paddling.com. By Paddling.com. Yep. Uh, and basically it's a... Uh, over 25,000 paddling locations for canoeing, kayak, and stand-up paddleboarding worldwide. Launching. That's pretty Launch incredible. Launching places. Like, how do you make something like that? That's the the work that would have to go into that. Well, that's, that's, I'll get into it. I'm going to, I went through this whole thing. So, uh, 20, over 25,000 paddling locations provides an easy way to find great place to paddle near anywhere. Browse, you can browse maps to find places to paddle near you. And wherever you're going to be, so you can make your plans ahead of time, right? Yeah. So if you know you're going out to Calgary, Alberta, then you know what's around it Calgary or is it Calgary? Calgary. (laughs) Calgary. It's like Toronto. Is (laughs) it Toronto? Toronto. 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 Yeah. We slur. Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa. Uh, So your location include comments from other paddlers, as well as trip reports. So you can get an idea. Oh yeah. Hey, this looks like a great place. Or people go, no, this place, stay away from it. That sort of deal. So you don't waste time, right? Um, I've gone to some places where you're, oh yeah, there's a, there's a a place to launch there and you get there and it's, yeah, you're not launching from there. You can add new paddling locations that are not on the app already. Oh, you can add new information to locations that already exist. And it's free to download the, from the app store for your Apple stuff, your Apple products, like your iPhone, your iPad and your iPod touch Mm -hmm. or Google play for your Android. Yeah. So I downloaded it. Nice freebie. When I first open the app, it displays a page with a large, always wear a life jacket graphic. Yeah. And in order to get past that, you've got to press a button that says, I always wear a life jacket. Mm-hmm. That's a nice, That's little, smart. nice, nice yeah. little thing just to, you know. Um, You can let it use your location if you want or not. It gives a little, hey, can we use your location? Yeah. Okay. For this one, go ahead. And it sh- so when I did that, it automatically goes to an area on a map that shows from Toronto out through the Durham region. Okay. And I, we're in the Durham region. So when you look at the map, there's these red dots and the farther out from the map you are, some of the red dots are a bit bigger and have numbers on them. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So you, I zoom because I know Duffins Creek is down the road from you. I zoomed, I found, found Duffins Creek. There's a red dot. I tapped it. A bar comes up with two buttons. One says add to trip plan and the other says details. So I click details and a map opens showing the parking lot, showing the launching area at Duffin's Creek, the you know some little pictures and stuff like that. And you get the satellite view or the map view just like Google yeah, Maps, right? I'm looking at it now, yeah. So Pretty you cool. can you can see your satellite view of the the parking lot and and uh, the actual launching area. There's a couple little things at the bottom one. It'll give you directions um, to the launch point from wherever you are, right? So if you're living downtown Toronto, it'll give you directions yeah. from your yeah. house to um, Duffins Creek launch area. You scroll down and it shows amenities at the launch point. And at Duffins Creek, there it shows launch point, free parking, and picnic tables. Some of the other things that can be highlighted are Um, paid parking, year round bathrooms, which there are seasonal bathrooms, which should be clicked because there are seasonal bathrooms.
1: Well, are they open because of the current COVID? They're closed because of the current. Yeah. So it's
0: valid that it's not ticked. Well, right now. Yeah. But, um, there are usually there There are. Normally are. Yeah. Normally are. Yeah. Permits required drinking. what? Now there is a fountain there. Uh, food available. There's a, sometimes there's a, uh, a snack bar open there. Uh, boat ramp. It used to be a boat ramp. But now they put in a dock, so it's only stand-up paddleboards, kayaks, and canoes. And because it was at an edge of a conservation area, there's no motorboats allowed. Uh, there's no. It says, "Can you have campsites? You can have picnic shelters. You can have ha- what other hazards are there?" So there's some of the amenities that you can find at, at whatever launch place you're. And you can at. edit the amenities too. And you can edit them. Yep. Um, you scroll down and you, you're able to add or, and read any comments. So if you go out from one of these launch, launch places and you know, it's absolutely horrible or they've drained it, or you find some hazard or you find, you know, it's, you, you absolutely, one of the best launch places you've ever come across. You can add that comment.
1: Yeah, I see, some people have commented on this one for Duffins Creek.
0: Yeah, somebody actually put a, a link to watch this video that I took of paddling in the area. Oh yeah, I see that. Right, Dan at so, that. Yeah, good old Dan. Is that Dan? See. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can click that and go to this video and watch what the what the area looks like paddling and decide whether you want to go. Scroll right to the bo- uh, further down and there's GPS coordinates, so you can plug that into. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, at the very bottom is report an issue option. If there's a problem with any of the info at the location, that sort of thing. Under the map picture is a full map option, so you can hit that to get back to your main map. So if that's not the place you want to go, go back to the main map and find another, another location, location to yeah. to to launch from. Um, and you can share
1: the details of the of the like the listing as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it is pretty cool. Uh, when you start going, so other options that come on this app, other things, now that's just the basic find a spot, here's what it looks like, here's the information about that and then go back out. You can zoom in, you can zoom way out so you can see, you know, everyone within like hundreds of miles all over Ontario, Canada, North America, Mm -hmm. right? So that's how, to your original questions, how, how much work did they put into it? Yeah. It's really user-based. Yeah. So users end, put in their yeah. they add their own launch points. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to launch at, um, that spot at, at, um, uh, Duffins Creek there, right at the end of yep. Ajax Rotary Park. Mm-hmm. But realistically, there's a lot of people that park farther up at Church Street and the 401. And they go fishing there. It's so where a lot of fisher, oh, okay, like yeah, anglers, yeah. hang out. Mm-hmm. They're going salmon fishing and all that stuff up there. You can park there, and realistically, you could launch from there, and either go farther north, yeah. uh, uh, or head all the way back down to Lake Ontario. But then you've got to come all the way back up. <laughs> but it is a it's easy to yeah. launch from under the 401 right there, right? So you could you could add that as a an extra launch point. That sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's all user user driven. At the end of the day, they just here here's the app, like populate it. People, you know, <laughs> help each other out. Yeah. Um, so that's just the main main thingy there when you first open it. Uh, other things there, you can search for locations by zooming in and out of the map, just like Google Maps. You can search for locations. Um, like cities and so if you know like I say you're going to to Calgary you're going to Edmonton you're going to um, Halifax you know you can search those cities and boom it'll show that city and all around different launch locations and of course you can zoom in and out from there you can make your own trip plan and save it because one of the 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 options is do you want to save it to your trip plan Boom! Yes, okay, and then that way, yeah, um, you can save your favorite locations for future use. So you can have your 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 lists, and then you just click that. Say, oh yeah, this is the one I want to find out where that was. I've I've launched from there before. Click it, and you know, share it with somebody saying, yeah, this is the one you want right there. You you can make an account. I'm not sure. I never got into that part of it. Um, making your account, ask for your username. First last name, your email address, that sort of thing, and I'm I'm thinking that's what you need if you want to start adding comments and stuff, because people put their in the comments the, the shows a name for them. I gotta think that'd be their username, um, and you can switch between kilometers and miles. So if, yeah, if you're in the where states, are, or, here the states yeah. yeah, well, yeah, we use miles. So you know, if we're up here, we use kilometers, that sort of thing. Uh, so anyway, so when you zoom out, if you zoom out far away, some of the the red dots now start to have numbers on them. So like a five or a three or a two. So if you see one with like
1: 147
0: or 147. So these numbers represent the number of launch sites in the area. So my example is Oshawa, which is down the road from us. It has a red dot with the number two. And when you zoom in, you find two launch sites in Oshawa right? So that's the, the number. Yep. Upper right-hand corner is the word list. You click on the word and it lists the launch sites and the distance from your location. <laughs> so when I went to Oshawa, it showed two launch sites and they were like, one was 41 and the other was 44 kilometers from my location. So, you know, they're just down the road from us. Uh, you can click on that launch site and it opens up the location, like it, like I say, when we did with Rotary Park. So it'll show you, this is what it looks like. Here it is on the map. Here's all the amenities and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and again, if you don't want that, just go back to full map and, and there you go again. So I did a search just to to, to check it out. Um, I went into search and I typed the name of the place where John Van Berger lives. Oh, okay. Right, down in Wisconsin. Shows there's a lake system near him with 10 launch spots. Hmm. I clicked one of the launch spots or one of the spots and it opened up the map and shows a parking lot with a dock and trees and stuff like that. Showed the name of the location in the bar above. So above the map, there's like, uh, like we'd have Rotary Park. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, yeah, this is in Rotary Park or this is Bob's Marina or highway, whatever, underpass sort of thing. Um, amenity launch point. It uh, didn't look like it had anything else around the location except for trees, so the only amenity it had was launch point. There was no comments because apparently no one cares about this one. <laughs> uh, the GPS coordinates. And I clicked directions and it opened up Google Maps and mapped the route from my house 840 something kilometers Yeah. to uh this this dock where I can launch my canoe, my kayak, my stand-up paddleboard. It's
1: pretty cool. It is. I'm looking at... Uh, right now, I've searched my uh, hometown, Hampton, New Brunswick, and I'm looking at launch sites around Ross A and Quispam Sis. And that. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: I'm like, I'm already using this next year. In the Walk. Um, So, yeah. Go to... Um, the um, App Store or Google Play and look for the Go Paddling app. It's pretty cool. It is. It, it's a lot of information. there, And like I said, you can zoom in and see the pictures of what it looks like mm-hmm. and whether there's park Because there's nothing like, oh yeah, well I can go to that, launch my canoe from there, but I can't park my car anywhere or I'm going to have to drop my canoe off and then park on the other side of a highway or something like that. Or you get there and they go, oh yeah, we charge 10 bucks to... To launch, And you're like, are you, are you kidding? And, uh, that sort of thing. So now you won't be surprised. No, but, and yeah, if you do use it, uh, like I say, it's, it's user driven. Yep. So feel free to add your, your comments. Feel free. Or if you know other places that you can launch from, add them in and help it grow. Cause, uh, you know, everybody needs to, needs to know when we were doing the Trent Severn this year, mm-hmm. there was a couple spots that we said, where can we, we launch from if we have to skip this area uh, there you and go. we weren't too yeah. sure. And we, somebody told us a, of a place, um, I'm going to look up later. I didn't look it up today. I didn't have time, but, uh, I'm going to look later and see if it's actually in here Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. to say, oh, yeah. it is in this map, right? In this app. So, uh, check that out and, uh, give it a whirl. Huh. Uh, what else do we got? a couple I'm things only a couple things I'm still hooked on the app. Are you still hooked on the app? It's pretty cool, <laughs> eh? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty neat. All right, well, Derek, well, Derek's playing with them. The app. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um things are moving along here. We are still not having the big get-togethers. And right now there's still a lot of doubt. Some people are saying, well, we're going to do it. And other people are going, it's not going to happen. The trade shows, the film festivals yeah, it's, and it's stuff. it's
1: a tough call. Like there really has to be a, a serious reduction in numbers. Mm-hmm. People have to do, start doing the right thing. The people have to be doing better job than they are now. Yeah. Like we're going in the wrong direction and they're just, right now there's so many things that are just going to be closed and shut down and stuff like that. It's just people aren't being smart and responsible. So I really doubt we're going to see at the current rate
0: of things, it doesn't look like we're going to have trade shows. So the trade shows and things like that, um, in the spring are the big money makers for a lot of the supplier company, generally. Yeah. Um, You get to show your product to people who, you know,
1: people get to go in and, you know, so to speak, you get to go in and kick tires and see what kind of boats. Instead of going online and seeing, oh, what are the, what kind of boats is H2O have? What kind of boats is, you know. You see them all under one roof yeah, you and get go to see check them all together sort of and thing. You get to talk to the vendors and, and hear about their products and new products and what's changed and how they make yeah. this stuff. And so it's actually really interesting, fascinating. It gets you get to see people, you know, discuss, you know, you, people get up on stage and discuss trips or discuss, uh, you know, whatever, you know. How to so leave it's, your
0: spot unit at home and have fun. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to miss that this year. Well, yeah. So that's you know, um, there's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the the supply like canoe companies and stuff like that definitely made up for it afterwards because there's a lot of people this year, as we talked about previous shows, that have gone to the backcountry, well, so have purchased a lot of new canoes, kayaks, stand yeah, up boards So
1: people who are out of work and pe- there's nothing to do with everything's locked down.
0: It's like, oh, I'm gonna go camping. Yeah, but then there's people like our buddy John Van Berger, who has his non-profit called the outdoor kind now this is sort of coming out not just with the outdoor industry um there's a band called the gorillas and Always. they're actually yeah. going to be doing a concert called live from kong they're doing it in hong kong yeah um but basically you go online you buy a ticket and then they send you um coupon code, whatever, that on a certain day you type that in and you can watch the concert mm-hmm. from the comfort of your own home. Cool. Right? That's so you're not paying a hundred, well, hopefully it's not 150. I think it's like 15, <laughs> 12, 15 bucks, something it's like a, that. Yeah. So As opposed to spending pave, 80 to a yeah. hundred bucks for a ticket. Mm-hmm. You're, you're spending that little bit to sit at yeah. home and watch.
1: You don't have the in-person face on experience, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's, better than nothing.
0: It is. And I think a lot of things are going that way. Mm -hmm. So, um, John Van Barriger, uh, the outdoor kind, they do, uh, the outdoor kind sells, um, the stickers, the shirts and stuff like that. And they use the monies raised to help support North American first responders. Uh, like the ones that come out and help you in the On the water in case of emergency when something goes wrong. Uh, and they supply educational materials to help outdoor enthusiasts avert problems before they happen, that sort of, or before they start that sort of thing. Uh, so all the, so he relies on the trade shows Mm -hmm. to make that money. That is the big portion. We talked about that way back in the day. They didn't know if this was there, they were going to remain open this year or not because that big money income. And exactly. they don't, they don't keep any of the money. That's the whole thing too, right? Yeah. It's nonprofit. So it's, it's all that money goes back out. So they didn't know if there was going to be any money to send, to send out. Yeah. This year. So he did this thing. One of his, um, uh, presentations he did was this outdoor photo show. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, this is this big talk. Cause he used to be big into the, the photography. Well, he's still into the photography and that. Yeah. But- uh, he's been all over the world doing photos and yes, stuff and, yeah. and everything. So he's taken that presentation and he's gonna do exactly what I just said with a, the the video. Um Wednesday, December 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern time in Canada and the US, they're gonna he's gonna be putting on an interactive presentation. It's gonna they ask for a minimum four dollars per person to join in. And um, it says, yeah, additional donations will allow us to do even more educational safety outreach in the coming year. So you go onto the website and you complete your register your transaction, your registration, that sort of thing. You'll be taken to a private page on our website and give you an unlisted web address of the presentation. Yeah, you bookmark it, add it to your calendar. Um, and then that night you can go on on the, the 16th, you can go, And, and a live presentation and it'll be of the, the, the photography and everything that he's done. Um, and if you can't make it for the live presentation, you'll have access to a recording of the presentation, uh, until December 23rd. Well, that's good. Yeah. Presentation raises funds for the outdoor kind, which conducts educational outreach to make your time outdoors safer, more enjoyable. And we're going to post this link on our Facebook page as well. Uh, so if you go to the outdoorkind.org backslash outdoors dash photos backslash. And that's the link that you'll be able to get to that. Like I say, we'll we'll put this link on our, our yeah, website yep. as well. Theoutdoorkind.org backslash outdoors dash photos. Uh, we'll get you to there. Uh, like I say, four bucks, and you get to see a, a presentation of all these really cool photos. it's yeah, a great idea. And, uh, you know, that's that's the way I think a lot of places are going to go now with with trying to raise their money. Exactly. Yeah, um, and something like this, like I say, a nonprofit that goes towards safety, education, and helping first responders. That's a that's a pretty good one. Even I've got one of his shirts and some of his stickers, and I actually paid for him. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing, now we've talked about this before, we absolutely luck of the Irish because it was close to St. Paddy's Day. It was this week it was a Tuesday after St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> um the Paddling Film Festival. We let we've held it held it 3 years now, 4 years.
1: Yeah, I think 4. So four. no three. 3. 3 we did it once, once in
0: Whitby it would and then be twice and twice at, at um, the Um, drums and flats. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we, we hosted the, the paddling film festival, um, a week. Before lockdown. Before the world shut down. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're one of the first ones to hold the film festival every year. There's a big premiere, uh, in April, January, February, no, February. Yeah. End of February. The complete paddler. The complete paddler hosts at downtown Toronto. And then I think we might actually be the second. We're pretty close to the, we're pretty close to the, one of the very first Mm -hmm. ones that, that hold it every year. And like I say, right after that, it got the world shut down. So all these people that were having these big events, Hey, let's get a hundred people together in a theater and show these paddling films. Mm -hmm. We're not able to, you know? So there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of films that are sitting there that no one has seen yet. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So um, Ray, who who looks after the Paddling Film Festival, gave me a, a quick shout the other day and saying, you know, here's, you know, we're, we're looking at, because usually by now we've already said, yeah, we're hosting it this year and we're going to have it here. We've got all everything already in the works to... You know, we've called up Shane at Drums and Flats and says, "Hey, our March date buddy, where <laughs> book that day for us now?" And you know, and I'll, he's happy to have us. He's more than happy room. to have us. Well, we hold it on a Tuesday, and Tuesdays are pretty <clears throat> dead for yeah. them. So it's like an extra day of, of money for yeah. a little, uh, you know, mom and pop event sort yeah, of thing. I sell a yeah. lot of food. Place. Yeah. A lot of beers. Yep. Yeah. Um. So he, he called up and said, you know, we're looking at different options this year. And one of them is basically the same thing that that John's doing um, is we're going to post, when, when they get everything all settled and stuff like that, um, they're, they're, they're going to give us a um, website address mm-hmm. that we'll post on all our social media, we'll post yep. it on our Facebook pages, we'll post it on our website, everything like that, that you can click and it'll take you to a website where you can buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. for the Paddling Film Festival. Now, he he wasn't sure whether they're going to have like a select lineup of all these films because there was, what, like 25 There's films way or something too many. like that. Yeah. You can't watch those in one evening. No. So, or they would do a smaller playlist, say, okay, here's so many films you can watch in the next four hours or something like yeah. that. But I have a feeling it's going to be, you know what, you buy your ticket, watch all the films. Yeah. Yeah. That, Makes sort sense. Of, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, so you'll be able to see all the films that you have not you were not able to see this year. That was at the 2020 film festival. Okay. Right. Buy your ticket. You get the secret code. You go into that secret code. Boom, bitty boom. And here's your list of films. Let's watch. And if that takes off and we are still come 2021, not allowed to have these massive. Mm-hmm. And I, I was talking to him and I said, I mean, we get like 90 people. Yeah. So I need to have cram 90 people into that. Mm-hmm. That bar. Yeah. And um, that's not going to happen. And that's not going to happen if we're under restrictions. Yeah. So he says, yeah, if we're still under those kind of restrictions, because there comes a point where if it's costing us this much to host the event, we need, and uh, we don't care. We've not made money. I think we made $17 last year. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, after after, the money, we're not in it for the money we, we, we lay out the money firsthand and then through ticket sales, we make that money back. As long as I break even, I'm more than happy with that. Clearly you know. this is a hobby
1: for us. Like doing the podcast, this is not about making money.
0: Says so the guy driving the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's definitely not worth the money or not, not for the money. Yeah. Um, so, and that's my conversation. It's been my conversation with him the last couple of years is as long as we make enough to cover it. So if they've got to charge this much, they've got to, you know, we, we, if I don't get 90 people. We're, you're then that money's coming out of my costing pocket. Us thing, money, right? yeah. He's costing us money. It's costing us money. So if we can only have 20 people in an event. You're never going to make money on it, yeah. that Yeah, that, where, where are those other yeah. 60 people, 60, yeah. 70 people? You know, that sort of thing. Huh. So he says, yeah, if we can't, if we're still under restrictions, then, you know, and if, if this year works out right. And I think they want to talk, they're talking about doing it right at the beginning of the, around Christmas, just after Christmas, for the 2020 to redo for, the 2020 to redo the 2020 that no yeah. one no one can can see, and we had the com- the one comment um, uh, directed at us saying, "Hey, you guys held it. Like, talk to them and say you should post all these videos online for everybody else to see right at the beginning." Yeah. Because uh, my comment to that person was, "Well, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Like, this could uh, if we all do what we're supposed to do, and you know, come September." everything's back to how it was, then you got all these people from September till, till January that can now, that going. can now yeah. run their events, Yeah, but people aren't going to go now because they've seen the films they, online. I've seen it, don't, yeah. Right. So, so, and even Ray was saying, we're so glad that we didn't post everything. Yeah. Because now people, you know, we can sort of cover some of our costs by having a virtual event. It's a great and idea. In 2021, they'll do the same sort of thing mm-hmm. if, if that's what it comes down to. So, uh, as things progress, we will, uh, keep on it and we'll let everybody know and, um, throw links out there and, uh, see if we can maybe get a couple of, I'll talk to Ray and see if we can not get a couple of free, free codes to throw out to some of our listeners yeah. so they can get in Hit. there and, and, uh, some freebies, that sort of thing. That'll be, that'll be cool. Cause there was definitely some really good films again this year. Yes. You know, Um, and I, I feel bad for all the filmmakers because they put all their work and and time into making these films. So that brings up another question. Um, so when
1: you talked to this guy from the Paddling Film Fest, did he say, are they getting submissions? Are they
0: uh, like, are people filming or people? I, I, I gotta think there are because there's been enough people out this year. Yeah.
1: And you, I, I was thinking that, you know, people are probably going to go a little bit more epic. Because it's like they got more time on their hands. It's like yeah. okay, now I can put more effort into it. Put more
0: effort into it. It's you know I'm out of work. I'm out there of may old. be more people submitting. Yeah. Because yeah. they now they're sitting at home. Oh, I'll just edit this and <laughs> take yeah. all that extra yeah. extra time to edit it properly and yeah. you know how I how I really want it and it'd be maybe a more um, higher quality. Yeah. Than what you would have given. Had you just had to quickly throw it together while trying to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Where you're doing after your normal day-to-day life. Yeah. Going to the kids after school specials and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that. And uh, you know, like I say, as, as that happens, we'll, we'll pass it on. Uh, again, we're going to put the link to John Van Berger's uh, uh, photo um, presentation for the outdoor kind up on our uh, website and i'll also put the go paddling app uh a link to that so you can uh, check that out as well and if anybody is looking to um get rid of a, an old used small kayak not an 18 footer or something yeah. like that a little white water one or something, something, we, like can that. something we can run down a something we can run down a races. snow hill yeah <laughs> so we're we're looking again this year nobody took us up on the offer last I know, year cuz I, I think they thought we were just kidding <laughs> <laughs> got to find a, got to find a hill without trees. There's one right up the road from us. It's the Rod and Gun Club. Yeah. They have a big hill. Everybody goes down that hill. There we go. So once that snow hits. How steep is it? Steep, steep. You know, I wonder if, and if anybody has any connections at a ski hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can, you can sit in the kayak and take yeah. a T-bar up. Yeah. Hold on to the T-bar. Get T-bar to go up. up. And then when we get up there. <laughs> and then Yeah. <when, laughs> If I gain that much speed, oh, I'm going to wax the jeebers out of the bottom of that thing. Because if I yeah. get that much speed, well, now we're talking like we might need some like suit of armor or something. <laughs> some big padded. Maybe. Yeah. Padding and. Definitely a helmet. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, definitely a helmet. <laughs> there may be a couple of helmets. He um, won't
1: have to wear a life jacket.
0: I will anyway. It'll be padding. <laughs> yes. My whistle. All you, I heard was this giant whistle coming down and guy zips by me down. <laughs> no, he'll a kayak in a bright yellow life jacket blowing a whistle. <laughs> he had a kayak paddle. That'll be awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, and if you hurt yourself, I knew nothing about it. <laughs> I, was not I was not I was involved. not involved. I wasn't there. <laughs> Otherwise I would have picked his carcass <laughs> up. He says lyingly. <laughs> lyingly. Is lyingly a word? Lyingly is. Lyingly. 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 He said lyingly. Maybe. It is now. Yeah. You All made right. it up. You made, I a new made word. I made it up. Let me call Webster so you can get in the dictionary. <laughs> uh, other than that, you got anything else? That I do not see. We I got have. your monolith. Oh, and if anybody finds out about another monolith, yeah, let us know beyond <laughs> Romania and Utah. <laughs> drop as soon us a as line.
1: Found, it's just it, uh, the word spreads like wildfire.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go to our Facebook page, Paddling Adventures Radio, and uh, drop us uh, a little message there, a little inbox, and let us know what you know. Yeah, this is awesome. All righty. Um, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen to us and download and stream on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at Paddling Adventures Radio and listen or download. And if uh, you enjoy our podcast, please share it with your family and friends. And according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, lyingly is an adverb. (laughs) Dang it. I want to thank everybody for
1: listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time.